and I just get in this pod and he goes, where do you want to go? And I go, Manchester. And it will just drive me to Manchester in like an hour and a half. You think you could get in a ball <laughs> no, no, yes. that would drive yeah, you to because Manchester because all, all the other and vehicles, you think all the, all the wouldn't <laughs> spill and you didn't think you would get <laughs> travel sick. That ball, by the time it reached Manchester, Can I, may I finish? would be a fart laden, sick, <laughs> sick thrown up. <laughs> those of you who have been following the saga that is Limescale, the, the, the hard water... The tea. The tea. is literally the what tea is the tea. Uh, last week, you promised that after I got a water filter, you would then come and de-Limescale my kettle. Yes. You did. You flicking a little packet in your hand as yeah. you walked in, I George. Did, I did. So basically, I, I had to do two courses because your yeah. kettle is so chronically... Fluffy. Limescaled. Like, like, like a, it looks like a clicker from The Last of Us <laughs> on the inside. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I was worried it was going to be like... <laughs> Um, it's got a hive mind. There's all sorts of kettles. And you're you're London. busy you're busy cooking and like trying to do stuff. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, this is gonna be a two jobber. And I did poured it in and looked at cook away, <laughs> fizzing away. I could always see the kettle being like, it burns, it burns. Like you know those um, dishwasher ads where like it gets all of the yeah. foaminess and then the plate clean like yeah. a glass shimmering dish. So I had to give that two rounds. I just went in there and checked and like, you know, there's still the latent sort of coral looking stuff around the side. Yeah. But I have to say that there's a such a sheen. The sheen, it's so clean now. It's uh, it's great. Um, and I just went in there just to like swill it around and clean it a little yeah. bit to get rid of that chemical uh, uh, taste. And just large sort of planks and bits of lime scale just falling. I was, I was setting up in like, here and I just hear George and the other people like, oh my God, look at yeah. it all coming out. Oh, amazing. It's one of those morbid curiosity things where like you get deep satisfaction out of cleaning mm. something, but you see the thing you are cleaning yes, and yeah. expunging. Like the lime scale is there to be removed and I, I you know yeah. I, I feel I feel quite satisfied anyway I wish it looked brand new but it's not gonna look brand new do you, do you enjoy a spring clean um do you put them off I don't I just I don't clean I don't clean <laughs> by the, the sound of someone who's never sprung clone no I do <laughs> I I clean um when it's necessary I do I do like right. to clean and tidy but we also like all people I have blind spots but there's a difference between spring cleaning and just like oh yeah we'll clean flat I like me and Talia are due for one, and we're like kind of looking forward. You to mean like a deep clean? Out. Yeah, spring clean. Uh, no, we never do deep clean. Like pull out the sofa. Oh no! Lift yeah, that's a spring clean. Yeah, I don't do spring cleaning. Yeah, we you, just don't do. No, that. no, that's we do little, little and often. You clean little no, and often. No, it's different. The cleaning you do on a daily doesn't. It, you're never doing the spring. I'm not saying you just clean the flat. I'm saying like you clean the bits that don't get. Don't cleaned. you have a cleaner? Yeah, but she doesn't do those things. She cleans, so I don't have just to clean out. Just you as a <laughs> yeah. bourgeois. Yeah. Uh, I'm like now cleaning is like a fun activity. <laughs> yeah, to give you a yeah. sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're nearly there with the tea. I do yep. just need, and your mama has confer confirmed this, do just need a bone china mug. Yeah. She, she since listened. Yeah. Got back. Terry, if you'd like to donate a bone china mug to the show, <laughs> I, I, I'd love it. I would drink out of it every single time. And I'm, yeah. if, if you don't, I would have to find my own and bring it Get a little, a little George one. Maybe. Yeah, the one the little little G on little it. Little curious George monkey. Like <laughs> really, if it's bone shiny, you're probably not gonna have it decorated too much. No, yeah. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Um I was at work the other day. So um mm. strange thing I overheard in the office is that so we've actually moved temporarily to a new office. It's like a huge co working space. So yes. you're interacting with other companies and other people and stuff and at these T points. You've moved already. To the temporary office. Oh, temporary, not sorry. To the, not to the new yeah. office. And um, at this sort of um, 
massive tea point where there's a coffee machine, so everyone goes crazy there on mm. a Monday morning. I'm just sort of making my cup of tea. I'm overhearing conversation. Like you degenerates with your caffeine. <laughs> yeah. And this, these people from this other company, um, she, this woman asked her male colleague, she was like, so how was your weekend? you up to anything? You know, do anything? He was like, yeah, it was okay, but um, yeah, couldn't really do much because Sarah was doing a virtual silent retreat. So uh, yeah, we had to do, and I thought, what? Virtual a virtual silent retreat. And, and she said, oh, Oh, what, what, what do you mean by that then? What do we, she said, well, yeah, you know, like a silent retreat, like where you go and like you, you, you don't speak for like two, like two days. Yeah. She did that, but it was all done from home. Uh, you know, it was all virtual. So it was a bit harder the weekend to like do anything because like she couldn't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was I can't like, wait to the next time I'm just playing a game and I'm like, actually tell you, I'm on, yeah. a, I'm on a virtual silent retreat. I was like, that has to be one of the most stupid, futile, pointless things I've ever heard. <laughs> not a happy that, relationship. That's, a, that's just an argument. That's just a row, <laughs> festering in awkward silence. You can't, you can, I, I'm not you saying, cannot, no. look, I'm not saying that a, 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 a silent retreat doesn't have its benefits, but to do it, you need to retreat. Literally you need to go withdraw and- You need and to go to the place. Are she, are you, is she like on headphones, on a digital, like being talked through the process? Surely that's not- How depressing is it now? Imagine that being like, I'm gonna give you a massage. I'm gonna give you a virtual massage. No. I, I Give you your I, own instructions. I would picture myself being in some sort of like, like way out, other like Southeast Asia, like Nepal, all mm. around those bits, other side round of the planet. Those bits, <laughs> anywhere where they do that, yeah. right? Cambodia, in like a in like a bamboo hut, oh God, where James. there's like an enema in the morning, and like a juice at <laughs> three, and then like you have like a tiny bit of whipped feta as dinner, and then you're just like quiet, like that's. And you leave, you feel so at peace, but you've lost three stones. And the silence is like screaming in my ears because I'm so overstimulated by TikTok and this yeah <laughs> seeing avatar 2 and i'm at i did a flotation i did you did, did yeah, I, talk I, never about really, on the show? I think I, I think i briefly asked you no it was on it was on, out off air right, we, talk, so, we talked about it briefly but that was another thing where like so it was a sensory deprivation yeah thing. again again that's why i think it's so retreat. rare to actually not be stimulated yeah by so it was a screen it was a sensory deprivation thing where you go into a little pod and it's you know salty water i'm not i'm not selling it at all but like it, it was quite interesting and you kind of lie there in the salty water and then mm. you can turn the light off and you're in complete darkness which i quite liked and sorry it, sorry you mentioned it when in the bonus when you talked about going you saw women talking but it was after you'd been in a no no, oh, no, 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 no no i saw women talking after i had a roast dinner and i saw rye lane after i had a flotation uh, tank, tank. Felt great. which i realized out of context people have been like george does what in his spare time no, no, but, this yeah. is one of his a present uh, for anna and yeah. uh and um, I noticed when it was complete silence and complete darkness, mm. it was like my brain was going through all of the tabs that I had mm. opened. <laughs> yeah. And the sounds of it, it was just like a little bit of, little bit of TikTok, you know, attenzione, big bucket. Okay, George, um, guess the movie with the thing, like closing <laughs> all of these, killing the yeah, closing all these tabs in yeah. my, and then like bits of songs. And it's like my yeah. brain was shuffling through it going, no, no, we're closing this down now. We just need complete silence. And it's common for people who have insomnia that like your brain is being spoken to all day. And then when that stops, when you, the only time that stops is when you try and go to sleep and your brain's like, oh, well, now I can now I can talk. Let's talk about all the embarrassing things you ever did. Yeah, <laughs> I feel go. like the the your subconscious would have the voice of James Spader as Ultron and be like, "I'm awake. Yeah, mm, I'm not used to this power. Do you remember that time you told a joke in fifth grade and no one laughed? Yeah, uh, we don't have grades. Do you here. um do you finish arguments that you had before? All the time. I have. No, when I go to sleep, I just do that. I do think which is terrible, which is that I have 
fake arguments based on problems that don't exist. Yes, yes. And I'm like, yeah. if that person said that to me, oh, or if they well, behaved in that I way, do, yeah. and then I start like really playing out the conversation and like micro tweaking my response. And then I, I realize like later, I'm annoyed at a thing, at, a, at an argument that I've completely made in yeah. my mind and it's affecting me. And I'm like, James, that situation didn't exist. Yeah. You don't need to have that conversation. That situation is not going to happen and probably never will. But yeah. you are, you've brought yourself down. Yeah. It's terrible. It is terrible. But it is fun to be it's like, also like sometimes like, why am I sad? It's like, because you went down a spiral on your, of your own volition and started to think about what happened <laughs> yeah. if you would lose some loved ones. So just being thankful for what you have in yeah. this life. You were like, mm, maybe I need some drama in my life. It's, yeah. it's like your brain was like, this is boring. Let's push the pain button and make me feel yeah. upset. This is episode 89 of Pulp we're Kitchen. Okay. We're, uh, we're okay, guys. okay. Uh, welcome back. So this is episode 89 of Pulp Kitchen. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? Hope your summer's going really well. Mm. And this episode, we're going to be talking about the most exciting new actors. Mm. These are actors that we've seen in things, up and coming people. We've gone, oh, got my eye on them. I'd like to see more of them. And when me and George were like, when we say, when we want to talk about actors, what actors? Because, yes. you know, we could very easily be like the best actors working today, which yeah. wouldn't be interesting for anyone because we could say like Meryl Streep, yeah. Gary Oldman, Viola Davis. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. yeah. Been we nominated and around and celebrated for a while. And then there's this sense of people who are already shit hot. Yeah. Who, you know, I do this thing a lot where on the show, you'll say someone and I'll do the Hansel Zoolander so hot right now. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just so hot right now. You're Paul Meskels. You're Paul Meskels. You're Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. They're young. They're and young. They're, they've actually also yeah. been around, and they've got a whole career ahead of them. Yeah, but they and they are establishing themselves. But then there's this sort of Next mixture, generation. and it's not really a clean cut list because you know everyone's sort of at different, yeah. you know, a different spectrum of their career and how it's evolving. But there's sort of a couple of people that come up in things. Maybe they've done two or three things now that yeah. you go, I like them. They're good. They've got good yeah. energy. I see them going far. Each year, there's a new there's a couple of new fresh faces, and yeah. you go, oh, that's interesting. It, you know what it is? To quote the Big Short, it's a tranche. There's yeah. a tranche of people, a, a new generation coming through. Like in 2013, we would have been like that Adam Driver guy. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. We would have yeah. gone, yeah, like, yeah. he's really interesting. Yeah. You know, he's got like, yeah. Have you heard they've cast this Henry Cavill guy as Superman? Yeah. What Did you see here? Oscar Isaac in Inside Lewin Davis? I think he's going to be yeah, really. He, oh, was that the guy? He was in Drive, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely so right. So this is that conversation you had yeah. <laughs> in 2012. Yeah. But now it's 10 years later. So, so James and I have drawn up a list of actors that we've seen in a variety of things. Talked about on the show. Talked about on the show here and there. And we just think, you know what? These group of actors. Some are more prominent than others. Yeah. Some have done more than others. Some of them you will most likely have heard of, some of whom you may have to quickly Google. But we've been impressed by and we think, oh, I look forward to seeing more from them. Without so without further, further ado, <laughs> welcome to episode 89. You readjusted like you're going to be, let's get fucking going. Yeah, let's talk about these actors. So yeah. without further ado, let's talk episode 89 of Pop Kitchen. Let's talk about the most exciting new actors at the moment. <laughs> don't hold us to this for next year or two years time we don't know what will happen yeah it's like any of these guys could be on the verge of being cast in like a Scorsese film that's it you know like Jesse Plemons like coming out yes. Breaking Bad was like a hot prospect it's all, all of these actors are about could about to be cast in a really big thing. And by all means, this is a list, not the list. Yes. We know there's obviously way more. We can't do all of them. We're also not- but by all means, yeah. comment who you think would also belong to be in this conversation in the thing, and we'll, we'll definitely pick up on it. So first of all, James, why don't you, why don't you start the list, James? I've been chatting away. Let's say, so this is the first one on our list. It probably represents, of the nine people in our list, 
sort of the, one of the more established, more celebrated recently, and that's Sydney Sweeney. That's right. We saw her. I first got introduced to her in Euphoria, yes. and then she came in White Lotus season one. We just talked about her coming in doing mm-hmm. that HBO, sh- uh, not short, but like shorter film. It was 19 minutes long. It was a normal but film. It's not a short. I said a short. I said HBO short film. Uh, an HBO <laughs> film. It's an HBO film called Reality. And um, yeah, she, it's not just the, the shows she's been in and films she's been in. It's like the huge social yeah. media, PR, magazine cover, yeah. brand deal, very well choreographed, very yeah. well put together, yeah. that just gives this sense that she's everywhere. Yeah. So she had like big star written all over her by being in two hit shows and being yeah. this kind of absolute starlet. Yeah. But also what we liked about when we saw reality, which I think you I think you and I really, really enjoyed. And Euphoria and everything, yeah. But but is that you got the you know, it was very clear this is a really good performer. Yes. Um, and a different she's playing a very different role to you could argue her roles in Euphoria and White Lotus were fairly similar to fairly similar, yes. Both done very well. But that second season of Euphoria, I think she that that I is agree. a really she's given her much more interesting things to do and yeah. like a really interesting arc and um she also produces, uh, she dabbled her hand in producing things as well. So she's definitely a player, uh, industry player. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, coming off the back of reality, I was like, oh, I'd like to see, yeah, Sydney Sweeney yeah. really sink her teeth into something. I thought she was really good in reality. Yeah. Better than I thought she'd be. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, really interesting film, really interesting performance at the center of it. Yeah. Maybe we can check out our review of reality. I think a lot of people will have missed it. So definitely go and check out reality if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine she'll be around. Many more magazine covers, many more like... She's currently on the front cover of Variety as well. Yeah. Like, like, so like, again, like, well done us. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sweet, Hot takes. The number of like, um, like uh, brand deals where she's like on the front of a boat in Positano and I'm yeah. like, Sydney Sweet, are you just smashing it? Yeah, well done. How, yeah, Absolutely. Well done. You get that um, HBO cast. A lot of these actors are younger than us and, and it gives yeah. us no pleasure to, <laughs> to realise that we are on the, the, the wrong side yeah. of these people. And she's, uh, she's jumping into the MCU soon. She's, she's been really? cast as Madam Webb. In a 2024 film, who knows anymore? I, I really don't know. There are no mar- There isn't like a clear thing where I look at a Marvel project and be like, "Oh, that's like a huge movie, yeah. or that's like a sideshow." Um, but just yes, some Belange, like um, sort of Florence Pugh, like she's like she does all it, her films, but she, but she has, has a little little, little place foot in the MCU. You can't not. You can't not yeah, be yeah. in a superhero thing. Everyone's got to have a little superhero thing going on inside. So next up is Ayo Adebiri from yeah. The Bear. I almost said The Whale then, not The Whale. The Bear, the other animal. Um, so Ayo Adebiri is, uh, plays Sydney in The Whale. So Ayo Adebiri plays Sydney in The Bear. And I've, only, I've just finished the first season. Nice. I know the second season is out and most people have probably seen it yeah. by now. And we, I will get around to watching it. We will talk about it. But... Um, I was looking at her IMDb and like, so she voiced one of the, she voiced April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And she's in like a kind of comedy coming out soon. But I really got the impression why she stood out for me as Sydney. Not only is Sydney a really great character in The Bear, Mm. um, it's that her performance in The Bear is is, is good for the same reasons that the show is good, is that it's on the, right on the verge between like drama and comedy Mm. and like comedy and tragedy. Like, her character, Sydney, has to put up with so much stuff. It's a comedy of errors. She's trying to keep everything together whilst also fighting for her own place. Um, and there's a great moments of humour with her, but also great moments mm. of like fragility. Really likeable as well. And obviously, like if you haven't seen The Bear and you don't know what it is, it's the show that's on Hulu or, or Disney so Plus right here. It's so hot right now. You know, set in a kitchen in, in Chicago. And yeah, and in walks Sydney, this kind of young, um, plucky 
not shy um, chef who's clearly very talented, but also eager to learn. And also, like the youngest person in the room, but has to manage like a, the babies, a, a, like the a, infantile a, men different, around her. Different yeah. personalities manage all of that in, yeah. a, in a very occupied kitchen. Yeah, um, and I and I that's what I've seen. And when I've seen her kind of interviewed and stuff, I'm like, oh, you've got a real personality here, which I would lo- I could easily see you doing great drama yeah. and also doing great comedy. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I really enjoy Io Beery. Yeah, I have a feeling she's probably getting inundated with offers coming out. Yeah. But probably Bear season one, but it's like similarly Jeremy Allen White, the Bear, Jeremy Allen White, like coming out of that. He, I know he's shooting. Oh, he's already shot a film yeah. with Zac Efron called um, Mr. Muscles. Mr. Looks yeah, like, like Zac Efron is getting even more. Uh, I'm just trying to think if I had any thoughts for you on the Bear, and you reviewed it. Like I'm, I was like nine months yeah. late to it, so and I did kind of feel when I was watching it. As much as I, I liked it, mm. I thought it was solid. I think I agree with you. I think people kind of fawned over it because they kind of discovered this new thing. And I was very like, much watching bear, it like just at the peak of its hype, like all the episodes were out and it was like, oh my God, the bear it had a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. And I was like, I don't know why. I just, I, I, I knew it would be sort of solid. Yeah. I was like hundred percent. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a good solid show yeah. and, and a, like it ticks all the boxes and delivers all the things that kind of show needs to. Yeah. I think it's got great dramatic bones. And it's original. Yeah, and do you know what I think, though? That, that story, I think if you made that 30, 40 years ago, it would have been a sitcom. You know what I mean? It's, sure, like, yeah. it's the family diner. The brothers come it's back. It's out of business. Oh, yeah. The antagonist. Everybody cousin. loved him. He was the best. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. And, I could, and, and that's why I think it kind of works, because they're like, well, this is inherently good drama in yeah. terms of its bones, but they've just made it this kind of family thing. I think we talked about off-air this, this phenomenon of if there is an unknown entity that is is really good and really solid and there's a sense that people aren't talking about it enough people yeah. will inflate their impression of it saying you've got to see it it's yeah. the best thing ever when actually it's very good but yeah. you're just the only one that knows about it and you want to get the brownie points you want to be the one to attribute yeah. the success to you by you saying you've like, got to see it my cultural taste is so good that i saw this really good thing first before yeah. you and i'm going to pass this on to you yeah, yeah. yeah no, like, my, my mate was uh he was talking about succession when it came out he really was like oh i've just seen the show called succession yeah. it's really good you know someone needs to mention a show like five times before you watch yeah. it i was like oh yeah cool i'll probably get into it and it was only like end of season one i kept hearing i was like oh no. i went to him i was like mate you're right succession yeah. is very very good tv um, with the, uh, the bear though, I've really, really, uh, bored my girlfriend to death by just any time I cook now, I'm just going, cousin, bear. cousin, behind, corner, I got two chicken, fire, two chickens sandwich. on the grill, fire, cousin, getting the knives put down, yeah. blunt knives behind, staging, you staging, I'm <laughs> you're, staging. You're in your home kitchen, but you just have a thing of tickets, like, yeah. falling out. Yeah. What do these even say? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I got 48 chickens. Yeah, my girlfriend's like, can I have a glass of water? <laughs> One glass of water, fire, table five. Your girlfriend's like, why do you have all this gravy in a tray? You don't need it. <laughs> What's this tub of veal stock? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, the bear, I, I, and we'll talk about season two when we've watched it. Another actor I want to talk about is Mike Feist, mm. who people will know from being in Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. He played Riff, who's Tony's best friend, the leader of the Jets, who wants to get Tony involved more. And, you know, when you do this, and Tony, played by Ansel Elgort in that movie, he's kind of like, no, no, no. And Mike Feist, who I'd never seen anything before, mm. is just so charismatic and so brilliant and so energetic as Riff. I, I, perfectly suits that film's portrayal of those characters and that like theatrical enough and you know great dancing great singing and performative enough to deliver that side of the story but also works with spielberg's realization of that world and it's a believable person you know it's not like in 
the 1960s version where this is kind of like heightened drama a little bit. Like I mm. really believed Riff as a person in this. And uh, uh, he, was, he was fantastic. And it doesn't matter if you haven't seen it, although you should, it was really great. That's like early seasons Pulp Kitchen. We talked about mm. that, right? But anyway, I bring Mike Feist up because he uh, was in that. That was kind of his breakout role, even though he, I think he's over 30 now. And he was on stage. I think he might be finishing his run this week um, in Brokeback Mountain with Lucas Hedges. Oh, wow. And I went to see that the other week. And Lucas Hedges is another young actor who we, we right. really like from Manchester by the Sea yeah. and Lady Bird. And... Uh, you know, I we both love Brokeback Mountain as the yeah, movie, and uh, I couldn't wait to see the show. And it was really great watching both performers. I mean, Lucas Hedges is great, but Mike Feist was just so charismatic and so brilliant. And this, like, they were both good, but the difference is that Mike Feist was theatrically trained, mm. and on the, in this occasion, you did notice it. And he played the he played Jack Twist, so he played um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Oh, okay. And he was just so brilliant in it. And I was like, you, and he's got a very kind of distinctive look and a great voice, um, Mike Feist. And he's next going to be in, a, in Luca Guadagnino's new film, Luca Guadagnino, who directed uh, Call Me By Your Name Bones and, and Suspiria and Bones and All. Um, and his new film is called Challenges with Zendaya yes. and Josh O'Connor, who we, two actors we also love. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in more things, I think yes, it's, the it's really one. brilliant. I'm yeah. To that. yeah, So three actors, you know, Zendaya would also fall into that other camp of a oh, young yeah, actor of, who has yeah. just absolutely nailed it. We're trying not to name the entire cast of Euphoria because we do have another one on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no. But Mike Feist, keep an eye out for him. I think he's really great, and I look forward to seeing what he does Hunter next. Schaefer as well, I'd say. Is well, also Barbie great. Ferreira. Yeah. Looking forward to him. Uh, speaking of Euphoria, Storm Reid, yes. still on our list, who plays Rue's younger sister yeah. in Euphoria, and then we also saw her in. Uh, the Left Behind episode in the HBO Last of Us yes. series. She played uh, Riley. And she's popped up in things. Um, she was in... Um, this film called Missing. Yes. That's I didn't the, see the, it, uh, it. The the digital One thing. of those like webcam, online yep. screen, record type films. And I swear she's done a couple of comedies. Um, so there's A Wrinkle in Time, The Nun 2 I've got here, Don't Let Go, The Invisible Man. I don't oh, have yeah. a, another comedy there unless The Wrinkle in Time's no, comedy. No, that's right. But, but yeah, and... Uh, Again, Euphoria is full of so many good performances. But yeah. I also think it was in season two that we were able to see her, and also in The Last of Us, really kind of develop. I some of the most breathtaking scenes in Euphoria season two were the, uh, you know, Rue going through the withdrawal symptoms and the like really intoxicating scene set in the house mm. between her mother and her sister, and like a mother trying to deal with something completely out of her depth, yeah. the sister witnessing two people she loves fight. Yeah. And I saw, I listened to really great uh, podcasts of people who had been through, you know, things like heroin addiction mm. and uh, to um, OxyContin. And they were talking like, that's the only time I've ever seen the arguments that I had as a kid with my family being portrayed wow. in a show. And I always thought the three of them in that were just all so good at like portraying what that could be like. And it's, it's just yeah. deeply uncomfortable, but requires, I think, a lot of really complex work to do that. And I always admired people so young as well taking that. Yeah, on. putting that off. Also, Storm Reid is one of those people that when I first heard that name, I was like, and that's a character in which film? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, it's, it's, it's an actor. They're in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Storm Reid. It doesn't sound like yeah. Reed Richards. Reed Richards Storm, Storm Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's how my brain works. Like, <laughs> me see, yeah. too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Finish the lyric. Yeah, obviously the whole cast of Euphoria are amazing. And mm. um, the next actor is one who's been around for a while, but we wanted to, we wanted mm. to include it because we can't wait for him to really get his just dues, which is Will Poulter. Yeah. So Will Poulter has been around in many things for ages. He goes Especially back if you're British, you would have seen him. Son of Rambo. Really he was also in um, We're the Millers, The Revenant. 
Um, he Did was, you ever see that ke- that sketch show that was? I'm talking really long yeah, time. British ago, TV. Was, no, I yes. see TikToks of it. Pushed oh yes, yeah, so I, I would have seen that. It would have been I want to say Channel Four at the time, and it was kids who were I want to say like 11 to 15 doing sketch comedy and considering they were 11 to 15 yeah. they were all really 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 great good talent. Really good. and i remember like will porter specifically yeah. sticking out very much as a comedic presence yeah and then seeing him in the son of rambo yeah. and he was so good in that film absolutely um he would say that you're right he got into it as a comedic performer yes the so son of rambo Don't with the millers and then more serious stuff the revenant midsummer yeah um at Detroit, and he was—he was also in. I know not sort of. But he was in like the, the Narnia film at one point. It was like the, the third second one. or third one. Third one like when he was younger, yeah. yeah. But he, um, you no know, Revenant as well, yeah. Yeah, Revenant and Dope Sick, yeah. and Detroit as well. Oh yes, Detroit. Detroit is such a. Yeah, whenever it comes up, yeah. like oh Detroit. Yeah. But uh, but and yeah, and, and Dope Sick was the first time I'd feel like I was seeing adult Will Porter. I think he's about our age. Yeah. But like, even like you know Revenant and stuff, he was still very young. But in in the dope, in Dope Sick, I was seeing him actually having like a full role. If it's an ensemble show that, yeah. you know, we love it. Um, but he was brilliant in that. And what I love about Will Porter is that he has, and I mean, oh God, I hope this comes across the right way. He has a leading man's body, but a character actor's face. Yes. And that's a perfect he compliment. very distinct. The same yeah. way that I think Adam Driver does. And yes. even Matt Damon, I think, have very distinct looks. faces yeah. and looks. And I think that does work in your favor. And Barry right? Keoghan. Barry Keoghan, yeah. And I think you could put Will Poulter in a... You get him to do a lot of different things. And I think he'd be good at that. Like we talked about, he could do comedy. I think he could do drama. Yeah. He's done Marvel, but I don't... Well, know that's the thing. When we reviewed Guardians 3 this year, his, you know, his role's not great in Guardians 3. It wasn't but a well-thought-out role. But his, as we said at the time, he's always had impeccable comic timing. Yeah. And you watch me Guardians 3, and yeah. you, you can draw the link back to those kids' TV 100%. sketches he did. Yeah. And we bring it up because, like, you know, he was in Midsummer with, like, Florence Pugh. And, and The Revenant, which, you know, won. Yeah, but Oscars. I don't, you know, Florence Pugh is, it, people know Florence Pugh as a quantity mm. now. But I don't think most people still don't know the name Will Poulter enough. Yeah. Will, Will Poulter Maybe has never led this his year. own film. True, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Has he not? Yeah, Son of Rambo. What's a Will only... Poulter film? Yeah. He might have done. Maybe, but, but, but done a not, thing, not but a mainstream. we're not, it's not screaming at us. But I, 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 every time I see him, I'm always like, you're so good. Yeah. You're really, you really are great. And. A mark of a good actor. If you can do comedy and tragedy, like yeah. I'm all over it. So keep doing your thing, Will. I've got, as always, any of these actors are welcome to come on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and we yeah. can just talk, we can just compliment you for two hours. Is there an actor who has a leading man's face, but a character actor's body? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a really good one. I'm trying to think of actors with really good bodies. No, 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 no really. It's yeah, leading other- man's body but a cat oh, no, 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 it's the other way around it's, oh yeah sorry so it's a leading, not so great face but a character actor's body it's a really good one so they're great sitting down and then they stand <laughs> up and they're like wow that's a spare tire well adam driver's got a good body have you seen him his, he's, his perfume he's got, ad yeah, but that, that's the will Poulter thing have you seen adam driver's <laughs> perfume ad where he he runs he's, he's he's like in his pants and he runs into the ocean and rides a horse under the water i think it has been that's crazy it's it's ridiculous but he has character actor face leading man body yeah sorry i keep not thinking i need the opposite so i need a great face a beautiful face mm. but on a, a pretty average body <laughs> A body that looks because like, I reckon it would have to have to be like a, there have to be a topless scene that was like intentionally underwhelming, like a like a funny actor. I know what you mean because everyone's like, you know what I mean, like someone who's a little to... bit meant to not have the perfect body, or maybe they never, maybe we've never seen topless for that reason. You look at them and you go like, yeah, you know, you need someone with basically Michael Sarah's body. 
Yeah, but but Ryan Gosling like face. Theo James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll get back to it if anyone thinks of one. If anyone can think of one, it's, it, to be fair, it's quite a strange body type, I suppose, to have. Like, yeah. But Will Porter, like everyone knows him for the eyebrows. He's got these like really sort of expressive, uh, expressive, curled, like frown, mm. like always frowned eyebrows. Mm. It must be really helpful to like be like, God, you really like sort of. Yeah, you understand that. me. Yeah. yeah. Next up, we've got Amy Lou Wood, yeah. who uh, we saw recently in Living, which we, I think we both really liked her performance in that. And she's also in Sex Education, which I haven't seen. But you, have you seen no, Sex Education? No, we, no, neither of us have. It always comes up and it's like a blind spot. But, Sorry, but I mean, it was near a year ago, but we both watched Living and we, I think we were both really struck by her yeah. performance in that, especially considering we hadn't watched that Sex Education. Yes. So it was like a real introduction uh, to us for her. But also um, I saw her in Cabaret, on stage yes, in said, June. Yeah. She was just so great mm. and so charismatic. And I think I mentioned this at the time, but she's just got these fantastic eyes. Yeah. These big, big emotive, almost like, anim- like, uh, like did, a uh, old school <laughs> Disney animation eyes that would yeah. fill and brim with water. Like uh, a Pixar filter would yeah. do nothing. It's and and just a really charismatic performer. Uh, she's she's very talented and she could sing like crazy in cabaret. Mm. It was fantastic. She looks like she would belong in the cabaret era. Yes, you know we talked about like faces that have seen a screen. She looks like yes a face that's seen and I don't know yeah something from the twenties. Uh, a <laughs> rationing a, a, a wild <laughs> ration ticket. Yeah, a, a ration, that's the forties. Yeah, that's true. Your time travel inflation, <laughs> hyperinflation, hyperinflation. Oh, James, which, which the 2020s <laughs> or the 1920s? Yeah, exactly. Come on, uh, she's great, and um, I almost feel like of that kind of sex education cohort. Like Asa Butterfield had been in stuff beforehand, mm. and Chitigata was going to be in um, Doctor Who. Emma Mackey just recently in Barbie and was in that yes. em- film Emily, which I didn't see. Yes, that's right. So they're all kind of breaking off now and doing their own kind of solo projects. But um, I think Emily Wood is just uh, I'd say quite brilliant. a successful alumni sex education. Yeah, literally from a school, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Sex education school. Full of them. Uh, Next up is an actor who we've only seen in one thing, but when we saw him, we were both really, really impressed. And it was like, okay, I really look forward to to seeing what you're doing next. And that was Gabriel LaBelle, Mm. who played the young pseudo Steven Spielberg in The Fablemans, a film we, you and I both loved uh, at the beginning of this year. And he's so brilliant and it's so, you know, he's, I think he's only 20 and obviously he's playing a teenager, but he Mm. acts with just like a wisdom. And an, and an intelligence like the far light, exceeding the Spielbergian like twinkle in his eye, the spark yeah. of something beginning, like yeah. that sense of enthusiasm. Like my, my favorite moment was when he was trying to like explain to his friend who's not an actor what it was like oh, to yeah. be in a war. And like, you know, like you're, you're here and you yeah. want to fight, but like, oh, your friends are dead. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, you can see him working out how to get something out of someone yeah. who's not performing for the first time. And it's just brilliant. And, and, and also knowing when being in a Spielberg film directed by Spielberg, yeah. when to turn up the twinkle and the charm yeah. and also went to go in for the like the emotion obviously mm. he's being directed but like he was just like without, without him like that film has a lot of great performances in it Paul Dano yeah. and, and Michelle Williams but without Gabriel Le- yeah, so again. but without Gabriel LaBelle at the center it would have been like mm. an okay film mm. but like you really do need to have a very good actor that's Spielberg he's got a knack for casting he's, he's good. good he is he's good, good. He, he would have been on this list he can spot the directors yeah. yeah he that boy will go far yeah. Spielberg uh next up sadie sink yeah who i saw i think i've only now seen her in the, the whale, whale yeah uh but you've seen her also so, in... I, so obviously sadie sink is most known for people most known to people in stranger things yeah and then yes she kind of got her first like noticeable it. role outside of that in in the whale although my girl my girlfriend reliably informs me that she is very good in the 10 minute long film uh of the taylor swift song where she's opposite jake gyllenhaal 
No, uh, no, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's her and Dylan O'Brien, I want to say. Talia is listening yeah. to this right and now. Screaming. screaming. <laughs> so incorrect. But, yeah. but my point is, Apparently she was very good in that. In oh, the Taylor Swift. As is she playing a, a, a sort of Taylor? Yeah, would, you know, yeah. Well, in the story of that song. That's a real, if you're a Swifty, that's a pretty good gig to get to play Taylor Swift yeah. in a Taylor Swift music video. But so you can tell um, I'm a Swifty. I've always liked, so just talking about her, her role as Max in uh, Stranger Things, like she comes in in the second season. That's why I've and, not seen her. Yeah, that's why I've not seen her. Because you didn't get that far. Um, Stranger Things is obviously a huge cast and it's an ensemble and, you know, it's not one of those shows you watch for the performances. It's not one of those shows you really come away thinking, oh, wow, what what acting. Like Harry Potter. But I always think that whenever she's on screen, she's the most interesting one of all the mm. kids. I'm not talk I'm talking about the younger kids. I'm not talking about, like, I don't, I, you know, I really like Joe Keery in it and Maya Hawke. But whenever she's on screen, I just find her so much, so interesting. And, I, you know, I don't think Max is like, exceptionally deeply well-written character. I don't mm. think it's badly written, but my point is it's not like it's a great role given to her. I think she's just, she's just well something really, it. really engaging. Good actors can take very little and make it amazing. That's that's, that's their job, literally that. their job. And with The Whale, I mean, I think someone, a friend of mine kind of, I think kind of lazily said to me, they're like, well, she's basically playing the same character, sort of a moody teen. And I was like, I think they're in completely different projects, really. No, like so. her role in the whale is quite nasty. I haven't seen her in, Str in Strange Things, but it does feel different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's mean, and the whole yeah. her whole role in that film is to serve a pretty nasty function in antithesis to Brendan Fraser's character. Um, but I, I I just yeah I, I just think she's dynamite. I just think she's dynamite on screen, mm. and, I, and I really look forward to her growing and being in something bigger. Do you think the whale? Separate conversation. Do you think the whale has much of a lasting power outside of the Oscar season? I, Do you wonder if it sort of has a stickiness to people? Are people going to seek it out and look for it? With some people, I think that film's connected much more with men than it has with women. Yeah. In my very layman's conversations with other people about it, mm. all the other men I know have seen it have been really like affected by it. And it's it, a weird film to sort them. of explain. Do you remember we did that? We did a thing where we did an evening where we introduced a screening of The yes. Whale to a crowd. And you and I had to just like for a few minutes go, what is The Whale? How do we introduce it? And yeah. it's a weird one because it's an adaptation of a play. It's a very much like a centerpiece. Yeah. It has a revolving door of side characters. Yeah. And the film is like very good. But there's, there's elements bleak. of the script that I find a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. Difficult, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see like on paper, I was like, it's, it's, not, it's a hard film to sell. Yeah. It's about someone who's dying, <laughs> who's morbidly obese. <laughs> At the screening we went to, it was a really cool thing to do. Like we got to host a screening, but it was one of those like experiences where <laughs> people get sent out like, not just like snacks, like a whole meal, like burger and chips. Yeah. And like the, the food is coming out like five minutes before the film starts as we're opening it. And you and I are just thinking, you do not want to be eating With during the film, opening no. frames of that film. No, no. That, that film <laughs> will make the you, whale, you know. If you saw the film Chef and got hungry, this is the opposite of that. Yeah. You will not want to eat for hours. No. Days after seeing the whale. We thought that was quite funny. But um, yeah, but yeah I, I just think um, I look forward to seeing what else she's in. Last one, George, is one of yours because I've not seen this, but um, Daryl McCormack. Yes. Who's in um, Good Luck to Leo Grant. Yeah. I mentioned this earlier in the year and I just want to reiterate it again because it has stayed with me. So, uh, you know, Good Luck to you, Le Good Luck to you, Leo Grant, I thought was like a pretty fine film. I know mm. some people really rate it. But what you have, just to, just to clarify why he's on this list, is Good Luck to you, Leo Grant is very much again like a play. It is just a complete two hander between Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack in a hotel room, basically doing a play. And it's mm. just tight focused. That, especially if you're a new, you know, a relatively, you know, new actor, is an incredibly naked, no pun intended, alongside Emma Thompson, and like powerhouse, yeah, incredibly exposed, naked environment in which to be. 
opposite a seasoned, Literally. talented, fam- famous actor. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and I think Darren McCormack not only pulls it off, but is actually almost pulls focus sometimes. He is mm. so like uh, brings to that character so many more layers and depth than I actually ever w- would have expected. He's got, again, you know, great acting. He's all with the eyes. He's got these fantastic eyes. Yeah, that kind of, looking at them now. <laughs> like, think, thinking about it and just thinking about his life and the way he talks w- with Emma Thompson's character. It's um, really hypnotic. And, uh, you know, I, the, the, the main thing I came away from that film was thinking, wow, that guy's really great. And yeah. I really, really look forward to seeing him. It is nice to see someone do something like, oh, can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah. And then like two years later, you see a trailer and you're like, because also like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, <laughs> I think, I like yeah, yeah, I think also people would have ex- would have been understandable. They would have seen the poster for like Julia Grant, they would have gone, "Oh yeah, Emma Thompson and who? Uh, something, something." Yeah. yeah, who's that? And now I want it to be like, "Yeah, well, you're mm. going to be your, your, a, a name in your own right." What a ticket to get a film like that across a talent like that, and it's hard work. Yeah, to do love scenes, intimacy scenes, um, yeah. and hold dialogue and hold a stage like that. Um, filming it, I think, in the context of COVID as well, like mm. uh, just a really great performance. And I mean, we we, we were lucky. He, he was nominated for uh, a BAFTA EE Rising Star Award at the beginning yes. of the year, and I went to the press launch when they announced the thing, and he was yeah. there. Yeah, I didn't speak to him or anything, but I was like, that guy's charismatic. This is before yeah, I saw the I film, and I was like, oh, that guy's charismatic. Yeah. I must go see it now. Um, I yeah, I, I really can't wait to see it. It's such a else. thing when a sort of famous person emanates uh, star quality. Mm. I'm always fascinated by yes. Greg James. When I mm. I didn't meet him, but I was around to Greg James when Greg James was doing things, and I was like, he he, I can tell why he does well. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He puts people at ease. Yeah yeah. Um, Next up is Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, guys, that's, that's the list. That's the list, really. It's, as I said, it's a list, not the list. Um, I think also we could just like, obviously the the one person who's at, whose career is the most fascinating to watch at the moment is Paul Maskell's. Yeah. But he he is in between this rung and the rung we mentioned earlier of the Florence Pugh. We're just stuff. like a year and a half to two years too late yes. to be saying, we, we want to make sure yeah. this list provides value. We don't want to be like, oh, Timothy Chalamet's in, in everything. He's yeah. in June and he's in this. Yeah. And then if it was like, okay, sure. We know that, yeah. But, um, but, but Paul Maskell, like if you just look at the kind of- Come up in Gladiator. Three years now. films, exactly. Three years he's had. And, yeah. uh, you know, and in stages, you know, you had the normal people phase and then you saw him appear in things like the lost daughter and god's creatures earlier this year and then the after sun phase and now he's going to be in like the gladiator phase it's huge just, big film huge, like this this rolling barrel of waves mm. of success that's happening when it's a lot he still does actor. his like his uh irish folky thing god's creatures that's and it that. yeah and he did um streetcar named desire yeah and, and, you know on stage play i think so he it's a lot i also sympathize that's a lot to happen to an actor. Also, when we went to the you don't sympathize. You're ready to tell me some sort of anecdote. No, no, no. Do you know when we went to the Newport Beach um, where film he was, festival, yeah, he was where, where we got to see him in the flesh of that rung of actors, and there were lots of other people we considered for the list, yeah. sort of like on the edge of it. He was the star that was oh, yeah. like him and Bill Nye, who's yes. not, in, the, not yeah. in this conversation, but like of that caliber. It's like we, me and you were like, oh my yeah. God, that's Paul Mescal. He that. is that. Yeah, he has he has the, the star quality. I'd say Paul Mescal and Bella Ramsey. Because Last of Us was literally... Yes. I think The Last of Us show was like very much at the time big. It was, it was, the episodes were still coming yeah, out. Yeah, I still think Paul Mescal is like... I agree, but like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Stratosphere level his little famous. mullet that he's just somehow brought back. He's like... He's got that kind of like... Also the physicality, like the Brando thing going on. He's got this mm. cool... He's made onto the list without being on the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's in everything. That's <laughs> yeah. why now. He has got the Adam Driver thing. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think he's probably more. He's got leading man looks really Paul Mescal actually. Like he's not. He's not. 
He's not unconventionally like he's not got a unconventional face. As you I say. think if I if, yeah if, if if he was not to really analyze someone's appearance. If here, he was sorry. my friend's flatmate, I wouldn't look at him and go, "God, that's a good-looking guy." But he, there's something about it. He has a, he has a, you would say he's sexy. Yeah, he's got a quality Exudes. that when when filmed, I think just he's got an ex, he's got Paul a sexy hey, brand. Hey, like, yeah, yeah, sorry, we're probably letting you. You know what? <laughs> We don't make you uncomfortable. Everyone listening is just like, are they done? Yeah. <laughs> and he's also so great in this. And he's so great in yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I once saw Paul Mescal wearing you in, army if pants you are and flip-flops. So I bought army pants and flip-flops. If you are interested in following the trajectory of people's careers, Paul mm. Mescal obviously has been very interesting over the past few years. Mm. That is the list that we've come up with. I'm looking forward to seeing Timothy Chalamet ride that sandworm. Um, I'm and interested like to see dagger. him as... As Wonka, I'm wondering. Yeah, we've talked. We haven't talked about this on the show yet, really. That's the, the trailer came out two weeks ago. Like Chalamet, as we know, can nail a performance. He can nail yes. it like a great craft. This is of the sort of Paddington, David Heyman, twinkly British Christmas movie cohort. Isn't it just David David Hay? No, it's Heyman. Isn't it Heyman Productions? David Hay's a boxer. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, oh, I think you're right. You're absolutely it's right. It's Heyman because yeah, it's Heyday it Films. Heyday yeah. Films. Thank you. So Heyman, Heyday Films, they did... David Heyman produced Harry Potter and produced Paddington. And there's another and, thing. And many, many of Loads of other things. But he has this... Um, he does a lot of the sort of Britishy, yeah. big Christmas winners. Um, he... Uh, sorry, you're talking about... Uh, well, I mentioned Chalamet and Wonka because I look at the trailer and I think... This is actually kind of like the most different performance you've done. Yeah. We see, we know you can do dark, tortured, broody bones and all, like very uh, dark. Yeah, I mean, we can see you and like even aloof in "Don't Look Up." Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. But this is like mystical, magical, warm. Can you do warm without being like theatre kid? Mm. That's why I look at the trailer. I'm like, I, I believe you can pull it off, but I'm like, oh, is this going to fall into theatre kid mode? Mm. I will reserve my judgment for the film, mm. obviously. Another person that was in the conversation, but maybe not meant to be in this conversation, was Olivia Cook, who you and I really like yes. from House of the Dragon. Yes. And um, what else was she in? Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, I haven't seen that. You didn't see that? That no. was the big one that she oh, right, kind okay. of put her on the map. And then Bates Motel and Ready that Player One. Yeah. Barry Keegan, we mentioned. So you, well, really you've good. gone back to saying Keegan. I thought we were saying Kyogen. I, I thought, thought it was Keegan. Oh, did we have that I only say that because I think I mentioned this at the time is that Richie Grant, um, the wonderful Richie Grant, mm. did, posted a video about their BAFTA nomination. She heavily panting with his face went, five inches from yeah, the camera. He went, just want to congratulate the wonderful Barry Keoghan <laughs> on his BAFTA nomination earlier today. And I was like, oh, so it is Keoghan. And then he was like, why does he always feel like he's just walked up four flights of stairs <laughs> and has been asked to do a video? And it's always with the glasses as well. You know? yeah. It's always the, just fantastic going for a run earlier. The sun is shining. <laughs> Catch your breath and then do the video. Sorry, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Take just went up three flights of stairs. It is the thing of like men of that age, they, they do the selfie and the phone is just a little bit too close to their face. Like that really that, fills the screen. And I scroll it on a feed. I'm like, just, but just take it. But a that's why, yeah, I, I do feel like I know every pore of his face now. But <laughs> yeah. I think that's why his content works is because Richie Grant is, is a man who's not, whose age is not, is not designed for, Insta Instagram is not designed for his generation. No. But he's using it in, in his own way and it has become very Someone charming. was like, you know, you should do videos all the time. And he went, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant idea. <laughs> so I think, he, I think it might be Barry Kogan. Could m many of our Irish listeners now, it's not just Bevan. Mm. Um, can, can Bevan, can you like put out a call and be like, 
and all of the Irish and they run over listeners can tell us yeah. if it's Kyogen, Keegan, Kagan, Kagan. We just assume Bevan has influence wherever she resides in the sort of Irish <laughs> underground. Yeah, being like, yeah, I've heard from the pulp kitchen fellas. <laughs> I consulted the elders. Use, use, it's all use gather. Have you been rowing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've been rowing. Um, yeah, I love Bevan's out there. Um, and then just last one, again, not in this conversation, but Austin Butler just burst onto the... I, I saw Elvis and yeah. I thought, hello, Austin Butler. Yeah, what wow, a guy, what man. a performance. Wow, what a musical. You've totally undersold it. Uh, yeah, but it, he... It's interesting. It's like, did he most skip? People build did he up, shoot? Yeah, he, most people build up to the Elvis role. He's, he needs to go back and fill in the blanks of his career. It now. was like the first really big prestigious thing he was in. After Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Immediate universal acclaim After Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What was he in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? He was one of the, the he was Tex. He had quite a big part for, for that ensemble film. That was that was his that was what got him into Elvis. Yes, you're right, you're right. But like not leading in a sense. So he was no, absolutely. Time. But yeah. then he you know he's jumped to like being one of the most yes. famous yeah. films that you know roles ever. But my point is now he needs to go Play back one and of the most famous people ever. fill in the foundations. Yeah, he can't just stay at the top forever. You need to go in and. <laughs> but why are you laughing? You tell him. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Fine. no, but I mean, like, you can't have every film be Elvis. My point no, is, of course, you yeah, need to come down to go, and, and yeah. like, Austin, let's see you work at different levels mm. now. And I say that in a, like, out of encouragement. I, I long to see it. I'm not telling him what yeah, to yeah, do. No, I know. No, no, I just Angus. I found your phrase funny. I'm not having a go at what you said. Well, guys, that was, yeah, just an extended look at our list. As always, if there were any that we missed out and you're screaming, shaking your screen, television, phone, saying, why didn't you mention this person? Comment them below. And I'd very happily just pick up and like rack them off as a correspondence to be like, oh, yes, of course, we didn't mention blah, 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 and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But we probably know we didn't mention them. But Obviously, friend of the show, Phil Dunster. Yeah, friend of the show, Phil Dunster. Obviously, goes without saying. We didn't yep. want to include him because he's- Congrats on his nomination. Congrats on the Emmy, Emmy nomination, nomination. Yep. absolutely. For January now, with the strike, he's been relocated. Yeah, of course. January. Of course. Mm. Let's read some emails. Guys, let's read some emails. It's that time of the show when we're going to read some emails. Um, you can send an email on your thoughts to hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com, just, just like, like Connor did. Connor writes in and says, Dear James and George, Long-time listener and first time writing in. I found that your podcast has been ideal for winding down in the evening after revision for my GCSEs over the course of the past year. Nice. Which might put me in a contention for one of your youngest listeners at Mm. 16, maybe. I know the demographics. You're on the young end. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. 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 Uh, Also, could you ever revise and listen to a podcast? Not without writing the answers with things that the person on the podcast was saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I couldn't do that. My brain wasn't good. No. I listened to like very uh, non-intense instrumental music yes but not nothing with words i would write lyrics i'd be writing an essay yeah. at like smack my bitch lyrics from down, like yeah. the hot fuzz album from the killers would yeah. end up in my homework it's a prodigy song i was yeah. going to say yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway um uh, blah, 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 which uh, my GCSEs, which I fin- finally finished over a month ago. Oh, Con- congrats. Congratulations. And I hope your results were, went very well. And I, good luck with the rest of your... You'll never need to be that spread out intellectually ever again. I, in your you life. will never need to put your GCSEs on a CV after the age of 18. I don't think I've never put my... I don't think my GCSEs are yeah. on my CV. No, ever. Anyway. Your podcast has also enhanced the way in which I view and formulate my thoughts on all movies I now watch. Thank you. And That's I like great. the way you said the way in which. That's good writing, Connor. Good on you. What should it not be? The way which no, the way in which is just a, it's a good phrasing. But what should it not? What well, there's not an. Alt- it's just I don't, I don't have time to. Exp- I'm not. This isn't a lesson, James. I'm just I'm giving a listener some. You spoke that like you knew. You were the kind of guy that would be no, like. No, I just I'm just calling it when I see. It. I'm just like, oh, that's Honestly, nicely no. written. You know, am I not allowed to do that? You're to. Not that I'm expecting a, a, a length of prose from every single listener, but I just want to say thank you. 
I just call it. The guy's 16. <laughs> He's just done his GCSEs. Can I not give him credit on having time to write an email? Sorry, Connor. James is just so interrupting today. I recently watched Little Women for the first time and I enjoyed it so much. I watched it again last weekend and absolutely loved it. Nice. I'm a big fan of the way in which the story was told and thought it and thought that it allowed for some beautiful character development supported by strong performances across the board. It I obviously assume... performances across the board. Absolutely. And I assume, Connor, you are talking about, of course, Greta Gerwig's Little Women from 2019. Now, the reason I write in about Little Women is because I noticed on Letterboxd that George has logged it as a five-star film go. but hadn't given his thoughts. Apart from a stroke of comedic genius, if I do say so myself, I couldn't recall you talking about it on the podcast. However, I am currently... a, a couple of episodes behind so i'd be very interested to hear your opinions on little women um i we have, we have, we have actually talked about it quite times. a few times um and we we love it i mean i i really love it i gave it five i don't always give my letterbox films lazy thoughts. no i probably read first of all i've probably rated that film before we did the show before it even existed you also talk about films for two hours every week so yeah i'm allowed <laughs> to come that. um i think it's brilliant little women i love it yeah. I, and it's you know it's at the bottom i have a you know when you talk about your favorite films? Mm, to the bottom of that list. I, you know, the, I have the long list. There's, there's the short list of favorite films. There's like your favorite film, then all like the top three. Mm. Then there's like the short list of your favorite films that you could probably reel off quite quickly. But then if you actually sat down, there's probably 25, 20 to 25 yeah. long list favorite films. Little Women is getting in there. Mm. Now to say it's at the bottom of the long list doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is because usually it takes films over many years of knowing them to creep in there right mm. so congrats you know where that. that is that is in like the middle of my list of films i really need to see for the second time absolutely i've only seen it once so not really the top of the list it. for a film as in like i think i've got other things hanging right. up there that like really need christmas to see that second it's, time. it's, it's just like it's there and it's just, I, there's no sense of urgency it just is i on think that what list. you need to do is when you're cooking here on sundays let the food cook whatever do a long what? thing yeah put it in the oven put little women on lovely and you'll be there and you'll finish and you'll go oh, that was so lovely time for dinner yeah uh, this Connor. next one is from Bennett, who writes into the show and uh, with excellent subject, formatting. Very good formatting. Uh, and subject is responding to the bonus pod on the strikes. George and I, yes. a few weeks ago, the week that it all basically kicked off, we just did a a little a sort of half an hour conversation covering what it meant, what was happening, how that could likely implement content going forward, films, TV. We didn't really answer the question, but we sort of brought up a yeah. couple of factors that were in place. If you haven't, Absolutely. go and check that out. Bennett writes in and says, Hi guys, thank you again for doing an episode about the WGA slash SAG strikes. I'm happy you were both willing to speak about that. I just wanted to highlight a few things as an aspiring writer-director who has been working on productions as a PA in Los Angeles. Again, I love that we got people out on the front lines, not just serving popcorn at the cinema, but out there, Running Although between that the contribution studios. is one hundred percent, yeah. But you know, running point. between the studios with the with the costume and <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Spielberg, your coffee. Yeah, I think it's important that we acknowledge that while the writers and actors chose to strike, the studios are the reason we are still on strike. Their negotiating body, the AMPTP, has refused to resume negotiations with either guild. They went with either guild since they went on strike. They refuse to negotiate on key contract matters like AI and have not negotiated in good faith. For example, they told SAG that they wanted to pay background actors for the day, scan them, and then retain ownership of the background actors' likeness and image in perpetuity. It's That's also crazy. worth noting that giving WGA what they're asking for would account for just 2% of the studios' revenue. Um, which is doable considering that Warner Discovery CEO David Zaslav, for example, has made half a billion dollars since taking the role in 2022. 
Small that's, change. That's not that long ago. And that's a lot <laughs> yeah. of money. That's uh, lot and money. it's important to note that all of these include studio CEOs that are only able to command these salaries because writers and actors regularly deliver the product. On AI, which I don't think we covered enough. No. We, I will no. admit it's a bit of an omission from us. On AI, I personally see generative AI as plagiarism and theft. For people who don't know, generative AI is a new feature in Photoshop where you can basically put in a photo. Imagine I like wanted to take George's shot, but I wanted to extend the living room beyond what was actually there and basically expand it out. It's very scary, but like very effective. And it's slightly worrying because I think mm. for the reasons that Bennett's going on to. Um, people continue to equate, quote Bennett, people continue to equate AI, AI scrape, scraping content from the internet with children who are that was ridiculous that sound is ridiculous that's just like sorry that was a going past. yeah um sorry people continuing to equate ai scraping content from the internet with children who are learning to read and think the problem there is that ai is not a person it is a tool used by corporations with the implicit purpose of making content quickly and cheaply without having to worry about workers and unions speaking of which i wanted to expand on your talking point about writers and actors wanting protections against ai because the fallout on this matter isn't as narrow if actors are replaced with AI, for example, that negates the need for hair and makeup artists, mm. for costumers, for stunt people, for PAs like myself, and so on. Everyone I've just listed, with the mind-numbing exception of PAs, falls under the union IATSE. Those people would lose their jobs too. Finally, speaking of IATSE, or IATSE, uh, the union, that's what I said, uh, the union representing below-the-line crew members, their contract with the studios expires next year. IATSE very nearly went on strike in 2021, and I know many, many members wish that they had. How the WGA SAG strikes play out will be an indicator for IATSE's negotiations, mm. and there is certainly a chance that we will see a strike in 2024. Hopefully, the studios learn their lesson, as frankly, this whole mess is on them, and they learn to negotiate in good faith. Thank you for your patience with this email. This has been a scary time for so many of us, and I, for one, appreciate your, the use of your platform. If you have any follow-up questions, I can try to answer them, or I'm happy to try and put you in touch with WGA SAG members who could speak more specifically than I. All the best, Bennett. Bennett, thank you so much for that. Again, like I think what we asked for was for people to apply context that we just otherwise wouldn't have as we're not in the trenches, we're not in the industry. Mm. But yeah, a great indicator of how complicated mm. this is and all the implications of decisions that are being made. And that Absolutely. whole idea of scanning extras faces who are already the Ugh. lowest paid people in the room yeah. is just really it's dodgy. Just, it's, just, it's so stupid. Yeah. Such a stupidly, transparently, like, awful idea to mm. rip people off i saw andy circus was out uh you know talking about this and this whole thing was i'm i'm probably the actor whose face has been scanned the most out of anyone mm. and i know the technology is there i've seen how it works mm. and with my consent and i he's like, i'm fine and i get paid handsomely for my work and i approve my likeness to be used in digital mm. spaces but it's like we can essentially take andy circus's scans from 2002 and apply them to something completely yeah that, you know, he hasn't consented for and he has a sense of trust with the people he's worked with not to do that. Mm. But he's Andy Serkis and it's like a very widely celebrated actor. Um, it's yeah, it's really alarming and really, really interesting. And uh, Bennett, again, thank you for like giving us a properly, yeah. re a really well-written email and, and giving us clarity. And some of the biggest, the companies that have the biggest, uh, just in case you were wondering whether or not the intentions of AI are, are harmless, the companies that invest the most in AI are the companies that are the most desperate to eliminate uh, a, a real workforce. Like Uber yeah. are the largest investment in like um, self-driving technology. Of course they are. Yeah. Like as soon as they can get over this whole like, do they get holiday pay or pay people, are they employees yeah. or not? Like if they, if they can get rid of them and have everyone in a Tesla just driving around without a car, without a driver, sorry, they'll do it. They'll need the car.
Yeah, they'll eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> I want like a pod, like a, yeah. you know, the Jurassic World spherical pod. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's like, yeah, like you, sorry, it's really anti, but like you, you tap your card, you get into a pod, and then it's like, welcome to Bruthville. And then like, you know, you, you tap it, and there's like a San Pellegrino, and my Netflix is just logged in straight away. And I just get in this pod, and he goes, where do you want to go? And I go, Manchester. And it will just drive me to Manchester in like an hour and a half. You think you could get in a ball <laughs> no, no, yes. that would drive yeah, you to because in an all, all the other and vehicles, you think your all the, all the other... wouldn't spill, and you didn't think <laughs> you would get <laughs> travel sick. You, that ball, by the time it reached Manchester, Can I, may I finish? would be a fart-laden, sick, <laughs> sick, thrown up, blood orange splattered mess. <laughs> No, you, the reason it can go so fast is because all the other computers are these, all the other cars are these balls that are able to go faster because they're all connected, so they won't crash. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The distance is the same. You, Maybe you still, they can go at like two hundred miles an hour. You can still go on a road. I don't think you can go on two hundred miles an hour. What do you mean? It's there's a high, there's a mag lift gravity road you with still my have sphere to have on a, it. A maximum speed in case something happens unprecedented, like debris on the road. But the, the AI is that the computer is so good. The self driving will so, veer around. No, it's still, I haven't invented the technology, just, George. I'm just saying in a hypothetical scenario. It doesn't matter if you're a supercomputer. If, so, if you're traveling at 200 miles an hour, yeah. if something comes out in front of you, your decision time... But George, is there is, in this, in my future, which you're shitting on, there isn't thing. There aren't things coming out on the road. No sheep People are the in road. that. The, the, the global warmings, you can't the breathe outside. The global warmings, plural? The global warmings. We're all just gliding along on segways and, and hubs. And I tap in. I, I'm like Brendan Fraser in the whale, just like Manchester. <laughs> Why are you going to Manchester? And then for? just, a, I don't know. I'm just saying a long distance, and then like a tray of chocolate fingers just come out because that's the snack that I approved. I'm moving on. How, how depressing. This next email is from Pauline, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Pauline. Who says, with an email entitled, Crying on a Plane. Oh, nice. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing well. I was wondering if you had ever watched a movie on a plane that unexpectedly brought you to tears. Mm. A few months ago, I decided to watch Minari. Now, that is one of those films from the COVID era yeah. that is just lost. It's, one yeah. of those, it's, a, it's that lost year. It's that and Judas and the Black Messiah and all those films. No one went to the pub to talk about what they'd seen. It was... That was it. You either are talking to people in a pub quiz yeah. or <laughs> on a walk. It's like a, like a corrupted saved file on your yes. computer. Anyway, but you watched it on a plane, which makes sense. Uh, during a flight, I had a gut feeling that this might be a bad idea. And fuck, I was right. The lady next to me also agreed as she had tissues ready for me. I love that kind of bonding oh. with a stranger, crying over the same film. Yeah. This also has happened to me with other movies I didn't expect to make me cry, including The Croods. <laughs> and cinderella 2015 my poor neighbors must have thought i was crazy has anything ever has anything like this ever happened to you guys while watching a movie on a plane thank you for everything you do i hope you had a great day and enjoyed some delicious food the same to you pauline thank you well pauline to answer that question um this was a long conversation topic on kermit and mayo's podcast back in the day Mm. and i believe the term for it is ALS, which stands for altitude adjusted lacrimosity syndrome which means that there's scientifically Mm. a thing where in altitude everything's a little bit more something's a little bit you're you're just a little bit more weepy yeah you're just a little bit more um it's I like, think I find it's, things it's funnier like and scarier like too. I yes, think everything's, I remember like really, I, I think this is a funny film, but I remember watching I Love You Man on a film, on, on, a, on a plane, and I was really like howling with laughter. I was concerned about it's other a funny people. Film. It's a really funny film. I was howling yeah. with laughter. And I, then, um, um, oh, sorry, is that? No, that's right. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I've had that on a plane recently. To be honest, I've had the opposite where like I've almost, 
I've sat in front of me and there's been so much choice that I've thought I can't be bothered mm. to try and get in something. I, I tried to watch House of Gucci. Yes, um, I remember. And that was terrible. The, I feel the, the, like the, the altitude did nothing for me for Gucci. I always find, I think this is because, you know, we, we talk about films for two hours every week and I, I'm watching a lot of films. I find the, the menu of films on like a, a BA long haul flight a little bit like, yeah, whatever. Oh, wow. I'm always like... The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. me that content. Oh, like some like Bruce Willis action film from three years ago that yeah. like no one watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I fancy none of these. Yes. I always I, like very much, I, I provide my own very carefully crafted content. I've planned my plain content. Do you bring your own meals as well? I, <laughs> yeah. I have my own sandwiches. Yeah, Thank you. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell you about the time I might have done where I was on a plane and the person next to me was binging season three of Game of Thrones and they were watching it on their phone. And they're like, I think they did like three episodes on the flight and they're on the episode in season three, which is the Red Wedding. If yeah. you know, you know. And like the plane has landed and you know you're like waiting to take your seatbelt off. And I'm watching and I'm like, he's literally about to watch the Red yeah. Wedding, and he's watching it on his phone, and he gets to the point right where everything happens, and like, stop, like, get, gets up, and we all get off the plane. And I was like, I was gonna say to him, like, how do you, you know do what, yeah, how could you do that? I mean, he doesn't know that he's about to watch that moment. So he, he hadn't, he, the moment hadn't begun. No, literally like, so me, he's gonna, he's like, Rob Stark is like, cheers to the yeah. families, uniting. Wow. And then it's like, seatbelt sign comes, comes off and he stands up and I was like, oh my God. So he's literally he's gonna, gonna get go like, his airport bus transfer and be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, I just said that. Just finish <laughs> that. <laughs> Also, but then again, it's like, what a, what a cheapened moment. I know. Like a cheapened sort of moment. like, God, you've got to be careful about timing your episodes with when you're going to be going through baggage baggage claim and all of that. Just, yeah. But it happened. But I, I was like watching, like, oh my God. You're getting secondhand stress. Yeah. yeah. This next one is from Hazel, who writes into the show and says, hello, James and George. George and James. Hello. I'm writing, you to spur, writing to you from sunny-ish Edinburgh. Big shout out to all my fellow Scottish sirens. I wanted to let you know that I've been attempting to single-handedly increase your audience here in Scotland by slowly indoctrinating everyone I know, dropping your podcast into conversation wherever I can, oh, and recommending it as much as possible. The entire country will soon be converted. Mark my words. I love that. Hey, what I say... This is a nice kitchen you got here. Yeah, yeah, great. Do you know Pulp Kitchen? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Nothing. Um, we don't want to invite Hazel anymore for dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I discovered the pod in December via Instagram reels, brackets, yes, I'm a millennial. And ever since then, I've been hooked. I've dipped my toe into many different film podcasts, but I instantly connected with yours. Thank I find you. the way that you speak about films so warm and inviting. Your honest opinions on pa and passion for film are so refreshing. I've really come to trust your thoughts and recommendations. Also, I really appreciate the care with which you consider things like race and gender in film. I wanted to write in as, although I'm a film lover, I feel there are some massive gaps in my personal movie canon. So much so that I even made myself a letterbox list called, quotes, my very own movie education list. Oh. That's adorable. Uh, this list uh, catalogues, to my mind, my biggest blind spots when it comes to film, both in terms of the auteur directors, e.g. Scorsese, Kubrick, Ford Coppola, and the classic movie blockbusters, e.g. The Terminator's Kill Bills 1 and 2, Speed. I've been really enjoying working my way through these films and wanted to flag two that I had watched recently that really blew me away. These were 12 Angry Men, 1957, mm. and The King of Comedy, 1982. Mm. I massively enjoyed both films, and I recommend it if you haven't seen them. And I recommend if you haven't seen them. 
However, what really struck with me was how much I felt the themes and ideas explored in both movies were still so relevant to our world today, with 12 Angry Men's exploration of justice, race, and mob mentality versus rational discussion, mm. the king of comedy's portrayal of fame, obsession, and parasocial relationships. I felt like both films could have easily been made this year, let alone over 30 years ago. And best of all, after just finishing both, I was just bursting to speak to someone about them. Brackets, IMO, a key indicator that I've just watched a great film. Absolutely. Very true. Very true. Uh, so, a couple of questions for you both. Are there any older movies that you have watched which you felt resonated deeply with you or our current times despite being made a long time ago or else are there any classic movies brackets old hollywood auteur directed blockbusters etc you feel are missing from your personal movie canon that you would like to get around to watching if there is any crossover between your personal blind spots from movie history would you consider doing a pop kitchen episode or one of these older movies i'm sure myself and other fans of the show would love to hear an episode focusing on a movie of your Keep up the amazing work, mm. and thank you both so much for all the countless hours of entertainment, the recommendations, and for the laughs. Spell L A R F S. Laughs. Laughs. Lots of love. Hadel in Edinburgh. Um, Hadel. Hadel in Edinburgh. Hadel. Hazel in Edinburgh sent from my Charlie's Angels full throttle 2003 electric speakerphone, which, and she's, and she's attached a shot of, of what that looks like. Like, you know that? <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And of course, who plays the boyfriend in. Uh... In Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, and Charlie's Angels? The boyfriend in Charlie's Angels. We did this a few months ago, James. Come on, I thought you'd remember. No. It's, is Matt it just Matt LeBlanc? Oh, yeah. Yes. And the, you remember we got an email saying, who's watched that? And you were like, I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to repeat that question again. So, I mean, I, I feel like this is something... Well, okay. We, we can on the, on the thing about, like, yes, I think that's quite a good idea that we should, like, do, like, a bonus where we look at, like, old black and white. I'd love to do more deep dives into older films yes. we've not seen and why... We haven't watched them, and when we watch them, what and like why? Yeah, like a us. viewing club. It's like this yeah. month we're going to watch this, and Book club. Uh, it reminds me of the Simpsons, where like uh, Krusty the Clown's show gets taken off a of van. It's like we'll be showing reruns of classic Krusty, and it's like black and white, and it's all those really dry, boring like talk shows. He's like, you said that the uh, Lyndon Johnson was available for uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I would. I would love to go back. I mean, there's like, we. I love an old film, and mm. um, there's some fantastic, still brilliant um, older films um, from go the golden age of Hollywood yeah, and the golden absolutely. age of cinema and internationally as well. So, yeah. um, in terms of uh, if the, I mean. In general, blind spots. Uh, I've never not seen any Tarkovsky. I've not Go seen any blind, 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 blind spots episode, episode yeah. but like I've not seen any Tarkovsky. I've not seen any Bergman. Mm. I've not seen. Um, I've only seen one Fellini. I've uh, not seen one Truffaut. One Goddard. You need to. Yeah, yeah. You need to. You need to watch your Billy Wilders. That's a good. Place we should to start. plan. Billy we Wilder. should plan. Yeah, Billy. We should plan these soon. I feel like we. Again, it's like timing. We don't have time Guys, to do it. You know what? We don't need to talk about it on air. You've given us the seeds. This is, a, this is an off-air James and George meeting yeah. conversation. Yeah. You don't get to listen to those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hazel, thank you so much. Yeah, Hazel, loads of great questions in there. Just also about 12 Angry Men, which we love and we oh, talked so about. Great, fantastic. Um, uh, and I read of you, there was somebody on Letterboxd who'd called Women Talking 12 Angry Women. Okay. I don't yeah, think there's 12 of them, but yeah. Yes. Um, but also the King of Comedy, of course, became very... Yeah, I mean, I because of the Joker. Mm. Joker borrowed heavily from mm. the King of Comedy and then obviously the whole De Niro connection. But yeah, I, I, I've watched that when I was younger and it's also very much a... Um, a Stand up. You know, it's a double bill with Taxi Driver. Yes, yeah. De Niro kind of strange thing. So if I, I, I'd be really keen to rewatch King of Comedy as well. Maybe ahead of Joker too. 
Absolutely. Hey, that's next October that's coming out. Yeah. So we've got time. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for sending your emails in. We still have plenty more to go through, but we will get to them in future episodes. Please do keep sending them in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we would love to read out your email on a future episode of the podcast. Time to send it home with a game. George, as always, Pulp Kitchen ends with a game. We've got three rounds of some miscellaneous quickfire things to go for you. George, are you ready? How are you feeling? George, tell us about you. What are you doing for a job? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? I'm nervous because you always always go, oh, you've got a little twinkle in your eye and you go... Mm. Yeah, I've got a couple of miscellaneous games. Then you're like, name the movies with the this in the movie. And I'm like, my brain. Well, George, you are in luck because the first game we are going to play actually plays to one of your greatest strengths, which is dates, timings, releases. The pressure. When, what thing happened when, organizing your mind via the years. Thank you. This game is very simple. You should be lucky I'm, le- I'm playing this game with you. It's How not, nice of you. It's not just uh, when did this come out. That would be too simple, not interesting. What I'm going to do with you, George, is I'm going to say which of these films came out first. I'm then going to name two films, and in quickfire, you have to tell me which of them came out Brilliant. first. Brilliant. So, for example, I would say, George, which film came out first, Spider-Man 3 or Nosferatu? And the answer would be... Nosferatu. Exactly. And it's, I'm always looking for the one that came out first. first. Got it. Yeah? The oldest film. The which oldest film. The, which film is older? Okay. Which of these films came out first? Ready? Jurassic Park or Pulp Fiction? Jurassic Park. Yes. Superman 2 or The Empire Strikes Back? Superman 2. No, The Empire Strikes (laughs) Back. Annie Hall or The Exorcist? The Exorcist. Yes. Um, Iron Man or The Dark Knight? Same year. Yeah, but which one came out first? Iron Man came out first. Iron Man came out first. By two months, I think. Yes. Airplane or Rocky (sighs) 3? Airplane. Yes. The Born Identity or Zoolander? Zoolander. No. No, born... they're born... Oh, no, sorry. It was Zoolander. It was Zoolander. Thank you. From Russia with Love or You Only Live Twice? From Russia with Love. Yes. Casablanca or Citizen Kane? Casablanca. No, Citizen Kane. Shit. Prometheus or The Tree of Life? Prometheus. No, The Tree no. of Life. Fuck! I knew that! <laughs> American Beauty or American History X? American Beauty. No, American History no, X. No, American Beauty was ni- 99. 99. History X is 98. Very well done. Tough. Tough. I mean, yeah, you were like Iron Man, Dark Knight. They came out two months apart from each other. Yeah. But Iron Man was a spring. It was a spring May release. Yeah, I remember. Dark yeah. Knight was it's obviously Nolan, July. Yeah. He, he has that spot. That's good That's game. weird to think yeah. that those two, within two months of each other, They're very both, different. Both started kind of their own, both restarted mm. the superhero sort of, genre yeah. in their own way. Powerless billionaires who build a suit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. super powerless billionaires. And, yeah. and they're on one direction, the Marvel franchise begins, mm. and in the other direction, the sort of DC. gritty DC, whatever that down is. down the hill, yeah. happens. Span out, and yeah. sort of now come back in. Good game, well thought right. of. Next. I like that because that was bespoke. You yeah, designed yeah. that for me. Like, you could you. do that again, more of that, please. I, I did some that were, you know, a couple of years apart. Yeah. And then I did some that were very, very close. Yeah, I like so only a year. More of those, please. Okay. Next game. I need my timer. It's my phone. It fell on the floor. George. 
You have to name me 10 Adam Sandler movies. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Uncut Gems, The Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, um, The Ridiculous Six, uh, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, Murder Mystery, Murder Mystery 2, um, uh, Punch Drunk Love. Um, 15 seconds. Uh, uh, we, we, no, not, he's not in that one. Uh, um, blended. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't even do the wedding singer. Or... Weird, yeah, you didn't do oh, I did all the rubbish ones. He, when I researched this, he's, he's been in a lot of films. films. I was like trying to get them all. I was like, holy shit. Good question. It's I'm good breathless. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. George, you have to name me six films where a character loses an arm. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Empire Strikes Back, will you take that? Yeah. Uh, uh, arm, uh, a Toy Story 1 yep. and Toy Story 2. Yes. Woody, yes. Woody loses his yeah, arm. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes, sure. Um, loses an arm. Um, uh, 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 Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Um, 10 seconds. Loses an arm. Would you count the Terminator at the end of Terminator with the steel thing crushing down? Would it lose an arm? Maybe. Um, lose an arm? Time. <laughs> How specific? You missed the most famous arm, arm losing film, which is 127 hours. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> which of all of them. So there are four Star Wars uh, answers Attack of the Clones, Anakin loses his arm. Count Dooku cuts it off. Right. Three, Obi Wan cuts Anakin's arm off. He does the legs and an arm. Yeah. Five hand technically, yeah. Arm, arm, it's pretty high up the elbow. No, Luke's wrist is cut. Yeah, I, I'd say a hand arm. Are you a doctor? Yeah, no, hand arm. It's, 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 we can say Luke, Luke's arm gets his cut. His forearm. Off. Five, forearm. Luke gets it, and then six, Darth Vader again. So Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker has his hand cut off three times. Hmm. That's a lot. My favorite is Toy Story Two. Yes, because it's he loses an arm, but it's not gory. What, Woody? It's cute, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, he's like holding it and running. Yeah. But if you never notice that, they both lose arms. I can imagine run. in the meeting, we're like, so his arm has been ripped off and he's just going to be holding it, running yeah. around, and that's going to be okay. But but then there's one of the great scenes of all time, which is when the, the guy, the old man, yeah. from Jerry's game. It. Yeah. You know, from Jerry's game, the short, you ever watched that, the Pixar short with the guy playing chess in the park? Oh, yes. The same guy. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's cute. I like that. Um, Goblet of Fire. At Jurassic Park one, when she's got the arm on the oh yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's one. arm, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah but... that's a good arm one. Um, oh um, no, Star Wars: um, A New Hope with the guy who's like he doesn't yeah. like you. <laughs> I don't like, I don't you, like you either. either. <laughs> We're wanted men. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy's got like a essentially a baboon's bottom for a mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. <sighs> it looks like they were like, what extra should we give this line to? That's yeah. to just be a background guy at the bar. Uh, but there you go, guys. Those were all the, the games for... Are you gutted? Do you want another one? I, do you have any more? No. That's uh, fine. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed that here. I enjoyed yeah, they were the good fun. Thank you, James. They were good fun. Guys, thank you so much for listening and spending your time with us. Don't forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. And um, we do often post bonus content. There's no bonus content this week, but nope. do keep your eyes out. Go back a few weeks. We post this every single week, uh, usually coming out on a Friday. And please continue to support us on social media, on Instagram and TikTok. And I know I say this every week, but I have noticed there have been some people that have gone back through our old videos and liked them all oh, yeah. and, and, and commented and done stuff. And I see you and I commend you for your work. And I really appreciate it. It does keep us going. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Just comment, like, subscribe, rate it. Tell your friends, tell your nan. And just like Hazel, just uh, indoctrinate everyone around you. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing like a PowerPoint presentation at work, yes, can you just, just do bet between up. slides, be like Pop Kitchen? Yeah. Or if you, you know, if you like Bennett work in the film industry, maybe you're cutting together 
strips of film reel for a very prestigious film. Just take a mm. take a still of Arlo. I'll send you the PNG and you can yeah. just insert like, it. Like Tyler Durden. Yes. Fight Club. Like a, yeah. Just splice in a, a splice of James and I being yes. like, yes, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have a great week. See you next week. See you next week. Yeah.